This is Masters of Dispute Resolution on PodClips. Masters of Dispute Resolution is designed to provide those involved in the mediation process with the views of the most experienced and accomplished mediators and others experienced in the process. Through our discussions, you will gain insight into how to address and overcome difficult issues and achieve more satisfying results in mediation. Your host is Len Levy, mediator and arbitrator with ADR Services, Inc., a leading alternative dispute resolution provider. Lynn litigated complex cases for more than 30 years and has been a mediator since 1998 and is a member of the National Academy of Distinguished Neutrals. He has been recognized as a super lawyer in alternative dispute resolution each year since 2014. And now your host, Lynn Levy. Thank you, Daryl. Welcome, everyone. And thank you for joining us on Masters of Dispute Resolution, a mini seminar which will add tools to your mediation toolbox. We're brought to you by Lawyers Pacific Insurance Brokerage, Inc., the National Academy of Distinguished Neutrals, and ADR Services, Inc. Um, In Masters of Dispute Resolution interviews during our first season, we were talking with mediators who possess a high level of process expertise, uh, as does our guest today, and uh, who have shared that expertise with the idea of helping you become more effective, whatever your role might be in the mediation process. Many, if not all of our guests have specific subject matter expertise, either acquired in their career as jurists, litigators, uh, or developed as they mediate cases. Uh, In our second season of Masters of Dispute Resolution, where we are right now, we're addressing unique skills and approaches um, and the unique aspects of mediation which apply to disputes in which specialized knowledge might make a difference. Our guest today is Michael Balmages, and he is a man of many talents. Uh, For more than 60 years, he's had a deep interest in astronomy, for example, and uh, we're going to get to... uh, understand how astronomy and mediation come together uh, is as part of our discussion. But uh, among Mike's many activities, he guides a monthly stargazing event uh, at the uh, reserve at Rancho Mission Viejo. Um, Mike has been a longtime business litigator whose 40-year career as an attorney spanned several firms and included a stint as general counsel for Surf Apparel Company, Ocean Pacific. Um, And um, Mike has remarked that the the law and astronomy um, don't share much in common. Uh, And and the quote that I, I found from Mike that was very interesting was, the cosmos is very orderly. And the law, which one might think is orderly, is not orderly at all. Uh, Mike's background, both as a mediator and litigator, has encompassed many substantive legal areas, among them business, employment, trademark, copyright, uh, and others. And he's been, as I said, general counsel to many types of businesses. So we're going to be touching today on topics that include um, the disputes involving business entities, which Mike is very, very familiar with. So 
Mike, welcome to Masters of Dispute Resolution. And thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Mike, as a mediator, uh, dealing with uh, parties in conflict, um, are, aren't you, in a sense, doing the same thing you do, you do as an astronomy? That is, uh, providing the parties with an understanding and appreciation of the process that's going on so that they can make some sense of disorder uh, as they have to uh, have to as they have to to try to resolve conflict. Well, first of all, I like that very much. I had not thought of it from that perspective. And I'm going to adopt that as as uh, a working mantra. So I, th I think that that's true. Yeah. Yes, I, I, I think that's correct. I am a big you talk about process expertise and the people last season or last uh, year when you were doing these having a lot of process expertise. And I am a big believer in the process. I recall a case not too long ago that I was mediating that had uh, the defense firm is located in New York, not the defense council, but the defense company was located in New York. And they had two lawyers at the mediation out here from a large firm and excellent lawyers from a large firm out here in Los Angeles. But they also had their outside general counsel, a lawyer from New York and I started out with the plaintiff and I gave my introduction and explained the process like I do with the stars uh, when I'm pointing out stars to people on our astronomy nights. And that all went well. And I got a demand and all that. And then I went to uh, speak to the defendant and I started going into a little bit different kind of uh, of introduction because the defense, the representative of the defendant who was there was a lawyer. And I assume this lawyer knew about lawyer stuff in mediation. And he cut me off. He cut me off about I would say within three minutes into the process and said, I said, I, he said, I know there's a process we go through. We are not going to go through that process. I'm going to give you a number now. And that's it. This is going to be our number. We will never go above this number. We think this case is BS, but we're here to settle it. And this is our number. And I, you know, I didn't react like I wanted to react like, you know, which was would have not been a good thing for me to do. But I kind of <laughs> looked on Zoom towards his lawyers for a little bit of help here. We want to go through the process. He stuck with that the whole time. They had this number. He would not move from the number. I tried every single thing I could think of to get this back into the process because the process does work, and he wouldn't move. Uh, we didn't settle the case. We didn't even come close to settling it. The number that he proposed might have settled it if we had gone through the process of getting to that number instead of him just laying it out there. The plaintiff's demand was much higher. They would have come down. We might have settled it then, but, but we didn't. Um, Yesterday, I had just the opposite experience. I did a mediation, and the parties were really far apart, and we kept going through the process. It was set for half a day. We ended up going a full day, but that process worked. It's one of those ones, I mean, I, I believe in Parkinson's law that work expands uh, to fill the time allotted to do it, and that's true with mediations, too. If you have a, a full-day mediation, nothing will happen until about the last hour, uh, but this occurred. Uh, we were so far apart, and one of those ones that you didn't think would get settled, but the process did work. So I don't know if that's an answer to the to the question you posed, but I am a big, big believer in process. The process of the heavens, the celestial process, is a much more reliable one. However, <laughs> I, I don't have anyone ever telling me at a um, uh, at an astronomy night that that's wrong. It doesn't work that way. It does the, the star the stars don't rise in the, uh, in the east and set in the west, but as uh, occasionally I have lawyers or uh, litigants who tell me they're not going to go through our process. 
Well, you know something that that's a, an experience that I think all of us as mediators have uh, had. Uh, the the uh, you know we'll know in the first two minutes whether this case is going to settle kind of attitude, uh, and and in in fact you you generally don't. It it doesn't there isn't the kind of orderly, um, uh, you know, this is what I expect and this is what I'm going to get um, uh, kind of a, a thing that that generally plays out. There are a lot of surprises in in um, in in a mediation. But let, let me ask you this. Uh, when we are dealing with uh, disputes, is there a, 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 and I understand being enamored of the process as I am. Um, are there situations in which subject matter expertise can help? Uh, yes, there are situations in which subject matter expertise can help. However, I am a strong advocate of not needing subject matter expertise to settle cases. I've had, in addition to my mediation experience, I've had the fortunate experience to be on the Orange County Superior Court's uh, temporary judge panel and the temporary judges there it's a really excellent panel the temporary judges there do MSCs and I am the world record holder for doing those MSCs I've done more than a thousand MSCs in the Orange County Superior Court over the last 20 plus years right. uh, and they have us in panels there's a PI panel a med mal panel right. a business lit panel I'm on the business lit panel but the clerks don't seem to care when you come into the courthouse or even now on Zoom to do a mediation they just hand your file so I have I have sat as a settlement judge, a mediator, in essence, on medical malpractice, construction litigation, insurance coverage issues, catastrophic injury issues, things that I did not practice in. And I have settled those cases. Not all of them. I mean, like, it, my, but my settlement rate for areas where I don't have subject matter expertise is probably the same as the areas where I do have subject matter expertise. I don't think you need it personally. And I know okay. people will disagree with that. Okay, Mike, Mike, we're going to get into that a little bit more. We're going to get into uh, also uh, the differences uh, in, in approaching a, a settlement conference and in a, uh, in a mediation context. So um, we're going to take a break right now. And uh, joining me uh, is Mike Balmages. Uh, you're listening to Masters of Dispute Resolution. And we will be back soon. Masters of Dispute Resolution would like to thank ADR Services Incorporated, your partner in resolution, and its founder, Lucy Barron, for supporting this podcast. ADR Services is one of the leading providers of alternative dispute resolution in California. Leveraging technology to drive resolution, ADR Services is committed to dynamism in the face of growing client need and an ever-evolving legal climate. Now operating offices in all major legal markets of California, ADR Services provides unparalleled in-person and remote resolution services through its exclusive panel comprised of more than 130 of the most distinguished and talented neutrals across the state, capable of handling challenging and complex mediations, arbitration, and other procedures in every field of law. When you seek the services of a neutral and you want results and satisfied clients, contact ADR Services, www.adrservices.com. Thank you, Daryl. Uh, we're back uh, with Michael Balmages, and we are uh, talking about uh, process and uh, and settlement conferences and, and among other things. Uh, 
And when we broke, uh, Mike, you, you mentioned uh, having done and holding the record in Orange County for settlement conferences. Um, one of the things that that I, I've at least uh, perceived as, as a difference in, in, in at least when I've done settlement conferences is being cognizant of the the concept of confidentiality and does it apply and does it affect the mediation? Could you uh, affect the process? Can you uh, comment on that? Yeah, I don't think it affects the process. There is a difference in the law regarding confidentiality at mediations and confidentiality of settlement conferences. And occasionally when I've been on panels speaking about mediation or speaking about settlement conferences, some of the more I don't know if educated is the right word. Knowledgeable lawyers in the audience will raise that. That'll, that'll be a big issue to them that you don't have the same confidentiality in a settlement conference that you do in, in a mediation. But then I always pose the question, has that ever been a problem for anybody? Has there been any time when, when someone has had a problem where an opposing party had tried to introduce into evidence or otherwise use anything that was said or done in a settlement conference and nobody I, there might be a case out there i'm not going to say there isn't but nobody has ever told me of any instance where anybody suffered any harm because of any difference in confidentiality between a settlement conference and a, and a mediation okay that's that's uh that's a a that's a very good observation because uh i i can't give you an example uh off the top of my head uh, I, I just uh, I come from a stand from a from a point of view, however, that the idea of confidentiality uh, gives people a certain comfort level. And um, and uh, for, for example, the idea that if you say something in a mediation, uh, it cannot be uh, the subject of a deposition or it cannot be the subject of a uh, it cannot be the subject of an inquiry, a trial. Um, uh, you know, didn't you say this in mediation or uh, that type of thing? Uh, so it, it may be more theoretical than than practical and that might very well be the case uh, let me ask you what whether um there have been air there have been times when you have um dealt with a, a mediation uh in, in which you felt that um your experience as a general counsel your experience as handling, uh, you, you handled not only trials, but you also did transactional work, all right? Um, does that help you in the process? And how do you apply that knowledge uh, as a mediator? Yeah, I, th I think it helps in the process. I think all your experience helps in the process. But I, I, you're right. When I was general counsel at Ocean Pacific, which I was there for seven years, um, uh, I did uh, all of the contract drafting, all the negotiation of the license agreements. I did hundreds of contracts. And I think that helps. It does help when parties are talking. It helps me read contracts. Let me put it that way. So when there's a contract uh, issue in dispute in a mediation, I can take a look at the contract and I can add my two cents on that. And I think that I think that is helpful. So that may be counter to what I'm saying, where I don't think subject matter expertise helps. But um, uh, it, it certainly does help. Okay. Well, uh, Mike, you've been quoted in uh, your Daily Journal profile uh, 
as stating that I tell litigants that I am not going to tell them that it is fair to settle or that any particular proposed settlement is fair. Fairness has little to do with it, and I do not know what is fair. What, what it may be is smart to settle. Smartness is the goal, not fairness. Can you expand on that? Well, I say that every single time. As I said, I had a mediation that went all day yesterday, and I definitely uh, um, went through that whole analysis that I, mean, I start out with that, and people come back to it all the time. They say, but this and that. And I said, but you're talking about fairness. I, I, I'll stipulate that this is not fair. In fact, I remember a mediation where I wrote down I, on my legal pad, I wrote down, this is not fair. And I signed it and I handed it to the litigant at the time saying, I agree with you, it's not fair, but that's irrelevant. It's a smart thing to do. And I, I, I tell people, I, I'm not going to tell you what's fair because I don't know. Uh, and I had I had a lawyer yesterday say to me, we'll do what's right. We'll do what you think is fair. This is after I gave this speech about fairness. So we're right. several hours into this thing. And this was yesterday. And he says, to, the lawyer says to me, a very experienced lawyer, says to me, Mike, we're, we're here to do what's fair. We'll do what you tell us is fair. And I said, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to tell you what's fair. <laughs> I don't know what's fair. I'm going to, I'll give you my opinion as what's smart to do. And if you want me to make a me proposal, I'll figure out something that I think will get the case settled, but it's not, I'm not going to ever tell you it's fair. So okay. uh, I, I'm a strong believer in that. I, I, I recall being at a conference a training for the uh, central district's mediation panel mm-hmm. and they have excellent trainings. I've been on that panel for a long time. Mm-hmm. And at the lunch break, I was w- at a table with about eight lawyers and, or, you know, retired judges and lawyers were all on, on the panel. We got in, into the subject of fairness and almost to a person, uh, the lawyers agreed with me that nothing we do has to, has to do with fairness, but the retired judges didn't. They thought their job as mediators was to do things that were fair and it, it was interesting to see that dichotomy, but I, I just don't think we deal with fairness. We, we deal with settling cases and what is smart to do. So let, let, me, let me explore smart for a second. Uh, there, is, uh, there is a, uh, a, a, an idea that, okay, this is a good idea to settle this case. It is a good idea because it's a smart, uh, 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 it's smart from a standpoint of costs of litigation. It may be smart because uh, the, uh, the, the, the ramifications of not settling are su- such that they may be, they may be unacceptable uh, in, in terms of the risk that might, uh, might occur. But isn't smartness kind of there's kind of a moving target there too because because doesn't smartness have to also tie in with what the perception of acceptable risk is you know it may be smart for me it may not be perceived as smart by the uh by the by litigants how do you deal with that kind of that kind of concept well, I think the smartness uh, target is not as elusive as the fairness targets. One thing. I don't disagree that it's it's a moving target, but it doesn't move nearly as much as the fairness target. And we, we can talk about that further if you like, but I, I go through that all the time. I mean, I talk about the two main reasons. The numbers I have seen in Orange County 
are that 98% of civil cases settle before trial. And I talk about that and I talk about why they do. And uh, if you'd like me to go further than that now, I can, or we can well, do it. Well, let's, let's do this. Let's take a break. We'll be back. And, and when we come back with uh, our discussion, uh, we will get into uh, th- that, that uh, very question. And um, we are uh, masters of dispute resolution. And, uh, and our guest is Mike Balmages. Uh, we'll be back soon. Masters of Dispute Resolution is sponsored by the National Academy of Distinguished Neutrals. NADN is the premier invitation-only association of civil mediators and arbitrators in the United States with members in every state of the nation. Only experienced ADR professionals who are widely acceptable to local plaintiff and defense firms are invited to join the Academy's roster. The Academy's website, NADN.org is the most widely visited neutrals database in the world today. With over 40,000 law offices, insurance companies, and corporations visiting our free website annually. Firms can search for neutrals by many criteria, including location, case expertise, qualifications, language skills, and most NADN members also publish their available dates, calendars, online making NADN.org the go-to website for law firms wishing to schedule appointments online with their preferred mediators. For more information, please visit www.NADN.org today. All right, we are back. I'm chatting with Mike Balmages about uh, things such as elusive targets in mediation. One elusive target is achieving smartness. And uh, Mike, I, I cut you off just before the break. Do you want to expand a little bit on on how you um, how you get into uh, perhaps convincing parties or having parties realize that it's smart to make a a, a settlement in any particular case? Yeah, a, c- a couple of things. And lately, maybe because I'm getting even older than I was when I started this now and maybe have less patience. Uh, recently, a couple of times I've just said, look, here's what's going to happen. We all know this is going to happen. You guys won't settle today. You're going to go ahead from this point and you're going to take those, that series of depositions you're talking about. And you're going to you go through with your motion for summary judgment. And regardless of how all that comes out, you guys are going to spend a lot of money and you're going to settle this anyway. And you're going to settle it somewhere around the numbers we're talking about now. So why not? Why, why don't we skip all that stuff? We all know this is going to happen. Counsel, you know it. I mean, I'm speaking to each of the lawyers separately. Jen. You know it's going to happen. Even your clients know it's going to happen. Let's just sort of uh, we, we've been discussing this for six hours and let's just get this done today rather than going through that whole thing. So I think that's maybe a little bit of me getting older or something and having less patience. But so so I do that. But in every single mediation I do or every single settlement conference I do, I discuss the facts of it. And the the last number I heard in Orange County was 98.5%. And I don't know if that's an accurate number, but it's close. You're talking about the, the, the percentage of cases that settle without going to trial. Exactly. That, exactly. And so I bring that up. It's one of the first things I say that, you know, this case is pending in the Orange County Superior Court. I happen to practice in that court for 45 years. I'm familiar with a lot of the judges and all this. And one of the judges recently told me that 
this number of 98.5% settle before trial. And so there's, there's two reasons, there are two main reasons for that. And I go through those, the expense of taking a case at trial. You know, either you're paying for it or your lawyer's paying for it in his time, the deposition reporter costs, expert costs and all this. Very often, the amount of money spent cumulatively by both sides taking a case of trial exceeds the amount they're arguing about or the right. amount the case can be settled for. And that's one of the two main reasons that uh, 98 and a half percent of all civil cases settle before trial. Right. The other is the uncertainty of it all. And I'll, I'll refer to the lawyer by name. Uh, I'll say Tom and I, that's a Tom and I have chosen a profession where we can't guarantee anybody any result. And so when you, you combine those, the, the, the cost and the uncertainty of all, that's why this huge percentage of cases uh, uh, settle before trial. And that, you know, and then, then I'm going to say, I, I tell them again that about fairness, I'm not going to tell you it's fair, any offer they make, any demand, but I am going to give you my opinion when it is smart to settle. And that's going to be based on my experience and what's going on in this case. I always point out whether you settle or not is your choice. I can't make you settle. Your lawyer can't even make you settle. I mean, your lawyer is a very uh, knowledgeable in this area, knows the case way better than I will ever know it, knows the law better than I'll ever know it. But that's not going to stop me from giving you my opinion as to what's a smart thing to do here. Listen to right. your lawyer. Take into account what I say. But ge but but generally, it's going to be way smarter to settle than going through this whole process of right. taking the case to trial. Uh, let me switch gears just a little bit here. Um, because of your, your business background, I mean, extensive business background, um, do you have any advice to give to attorneys representing business entities as to how they can best prepare for mediation. And that is put their clients in a position where they're ready to settle. Uh, and, and uh, for example, um, preparing um, company representatives, uh, gathering information, making sure the right people are participating, things of that nature. Is there anything that that you've picked up in all your years that that you could particularly uh, uh, tell people who are representing business entities? So I took uh, when I, uh, you know, the rule of professional conduct, it says then we all lawyers get old, we must become mediators. Uh, that, that, <laughs> that. So when, when that happened to me, when I when I became old, I started taking classes I took them in UCI. UCI used to have a program in an alternative dispute resolution, and it, it was a fine program. But the number one thing I learned there, I did learn where you're supposed to sit people at the table, but whatever. That, that, that was kind of interesting. But the number one thing I learned there is the hardest person to settle with is the person who is not in the room. And that is tr uh, uh, proven to be so true throughout the many mediations and settlement conferences I've done. So that, that's the first thing I talk to when I have my pre-mediation pre calls in my introductory letters and, uh, and emails that I send out is having the right people present and the, the decision makers. And oftentimes, uh, and that's one of the differences that, that I kind of like about settlement conferences as opposed to mediations. In settlement conferences, the judges have the power to order people present, the right people to be present. We don't have that power as mediators. Sometimes we'd like to and say, go get that CEO and bring them here. But these are customers of ours, and we do not want to necessarily alienate them. So I think that's the number one thing. And you mentioned is having the right people present. I think that's very, very important. 
Another thing that lawyers tend to do is oversell their cases. I was a lawyer for a very long time. And yes, you get very, you start to believe in your case and believe your own BS about the case. And oftentimes you've over, oversold the case. And so lawyers will approach me before the mediation. I'm sure this has happened to you and tell me they want me to tell their clients stuff that they can't tell their client about the case, to tell them about the weaknesses in it, to tell them that maybe it's not going to turn out like the, they're dreaming it's going to turn out. So, so, so part of the, I think part of the preparation for a lawyer is to talk to the mediator beforehand. And I do that. I, I'm, you know, I'm sure you do too. And many mediators right. have these free mediation calls and I do it in email too, where I I send out kind of my suggestions uh, uh, as to who needs to be present and all that. So I think having the right people present trying not to oversell your case, but if you have over oversold it, speak to the mediator about that and let the mediator know that. You know, as you, you talked about the confidentiality difference between settlement conferences and mm -hmm. mediation, I don't treat them any different. I don't tell anybody on the other side anything is the one side does not want me to tell them. Mm -hmm. I do conclude every session within mediations and the settlement conferences by asking, is there anything you just said you don't want me to tell them? Almost always the lawyers say, nope, we got no secrets. Occasionally they do, as you know. Occasionally they've got that secret witness or the piece of evidence. The, the trial got gotcha. you. Yeah, exactly. The trial got gotcha. you. And I almost always tell them, just tell them that too. I mean, they're going to find out anyway. But um, yeah, so I think ha having the decision makers present, not uh, speaking to the mediator, letting the mediator know what, how the mediator can help you uh, uh, get the case settled are two of the big things I, I would emphasize. Now, where have you found attorneys representing businesses go wrong? Uh, well, one thing I would say is just that case I, I talked about earlier, being cowed by general counsel, being cowed by outside general counsel who who know who is a know-it-all and isn't going to let the process uh, uh, take place. I've seen that more than once. That one particular case I told you about earlier was egregious in, the, in that regard. I actually called the lawyers representing the, the uh, defendant after the mediation and I said, you know, that, that we, do you agree with me? That didn't go very well. And, and, and they kind of apologized to me for that. So I think that's one, that's one thing I'd emphasize. Okay. Well, look, we're, we're going to take another break. I, I know this is going very, very quickly, but uh, we're going to take another break. And when we get back, uh, we are going to be uh, expanding on, on that. And, uh, and basically uh, I I'm, I'm going to be uh, asking Mike about, just how you deal with business entities where there are family uh, family involvement in those business entities. Uh, how do you deal with those? So um, we'll be back. This is Masters of Dispute Resolution. I'm Len Levy, and we're talking with Mike Balmages. Most attorneys need professional liability coverage, but very few are professional liability experts. And there's so many options when it comes to legal malpractice insurance. How do you know how much coverage you need? What should your policy limits be? What if you've had a past claim? You shouldn't have to take time away from helping your clients to research professional liability coverage, and with lawyer-specific insurance brokerage on your side, you won't have to. They're professional liability experts. Shop California's leading professional liability carriers to find your firm the right coverage at the right price. Lawyer-specific founders Alan Debbie Hernandez have over 50 years combined experience working with the highest-rated providers of lawyers' professional liability insurance. So trust the brokerage with access to over 40 carriers in California and find a cost-effective malpractice insurance solution for your firm. Go to LawyerSpecific.com and click Request a Quote.
Welcome back to Masters of Dispute Resolution. And I am Len Levy, your host, uh, chatting with Mike Balbages, uh, who is a, an extremely experienced uh, a, a mediator uh, and uh, settlement conference judge. He's, he's uh, acted in both roles. Uh, he does a, a, a lot of things uh, as a neutral. Um, and um, Mike, what I, what I wanted to touch on is something that occurs in a, a number of business disputes. And that is when you have family owned business or you may have some friend, a couple of friends who have started a business together and the friendship gets in the way. And, 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 and that may lead to some issues that are, that are seemingly having nothing to do with the business. Um, can you provide us uh, with, with an example of how you dealt with that kind of situation and how parties should approach it? And first of all, before I specifically answer that, I am a believer that almost, I won't, I won't say every, but almost every case in the world can be settled with a briefcase full of $100 bills. Whether it's a family <laughs> dispute, if there are enough or whatever kind of suit, if there are enough hundred dollar bills in it, the case will settle. <laughs> I had one, one family mediation uh, that involved uh, five brothers and the oldest brother was about 80. The youngest brother was 64 and the youngest brother was suing oldest brother. Uh, the youngest brother claiming that he had been a partner in a particular business and that he got cheated out of his share of the profits of the business. And we, lit we, we mediated that for a full day at the end of which your older brother said to me, and I thought older brother was probably right about this, that younger brother was the ne'er-do-well of the family. Older brother had given him a job just to help him out. And now he's and paid him well. And now he's claiming he's entitled to a share of the business. I didn't think he was from what I could see. Older brother certainly didn't. But at the mediation, older brother wrote younger brother, youngest brother, a check for $9 million, which gives you an idea how well these brothers had done. And he said to me, you know, but he's my younger brother. He's, you know, I love him. And, and he's always been a pain in the butt and all this stuff, but I'm, I'm going to take care of him. I, I know we could go to trial. We can probably win this. So that, that was one example. That was, that was an extreme example of settling a family dispute when we, when we, the, with the bag of cash going kind of much differently than I thought it would go at that point. But um, how, how do you do get Mike, Mike, just to, to interrupt, you know, that, that those uh, sure bags of cash can, can definitely settle a lot of disputes. Uh, what happens when you have a, again, this kind of go, comes full circle. You come back to, it's not fair that 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 they were, you know, and you you alluded to a little bit of, of that in, in your example. Uh, is it fair that the younger brother should do it? Now, what happens when the older brother in that kind of situation says, you know, something, it's just not fair. It's just not fair. And um, uh, and and uh, he may think that he, he's going to get some psychological advantage because he was, uh, you know, he was spoiled as a baby, as the baby in the family. Um, and I'm not going to give that to him. Um, how do we deal with that? 
Well, we deal uh, carefully and slowly and, and just keep dealing with it. I mean, that's one of those things where I believe in the process and I just, I just keep working, working it. I think the two biggest attributes, I think, for a successful media, at least a, a person like I am, because I think it's very personality driven, are rapport and persistence. And rapport is, you know, so I, what I try to do in every mediation and every settlement conference is develop rapport of some kind with uh with the both the litigants and the lawyers and once you have that rapport it makes settling much more possible especially if you keep working it so in a case like that that's what i would do and how do you develop rapport in my case i just keep talking i just talk about stuff i don't not necessarily the mediation subject or the settlement conference subject the astronomy is a good example if i can get any inkling if i can bring that out and i get some response that indicates that the litigant I mean, I'll, uh, in Zoom, it's kind of interesting because I'll be in the I'll be in in the Zoom room, and it, uh, the litigant will be in his den, and in behind his den will be a telescope. Well, that's just a natural for me. We get into that. I'll develop rapport, or you know, I'm wearing the he'll be wearing a Packers T-shirt, and I'll say, you know, we'll start talking Packers talk, or or yeah. we'll talk about grandchildren or sports. I develop rapport, and I then and you know that softens them tremendously. Um, I I had a not a family dispute, but I had a dispute with last week where a lawyer was a defendant. He was being sued by his expert witnesses for a lot of money that he claimed they, they, that he owed them. Uh, and he wasn't going anywhere. But I noticed that he had kind of well-built arms. So I just started, I said, Mencha, hey, do you work out? I started into that. And mm-hmm. that softened this guy tremendously. Because I, I talked about my working out, what I do it, you know, as an older guy and right. my workouts. We, we ended up settling that case, but it, it made a remarkable difference to develop that rapport. And that's what I would do in that family situation. I wouldn't particularly rely on facts or fairness. Or ju- I would just start talking, develop a relationship with, with the litigant and just use that to just kind of soften them up. So, you know. I, I got you. I, I understand. This is one of those ones where I w- might write down, it's not fair and hand him a piece of paper. Right. But, you know, let, let's take care of your little brother and get him out of here and get, get this thing out of your life. Well, you know, go go to the life is too short kind of argument also. Right. 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 Now, uh, one of the things is uh, that you've now been talking about is is you're you're essentially making the participants feel comfortable in in the process and and comfortable uh, with you so that they actually have an experience that's, that's 180 degrees from the example you gave at the beginning of our discussion about the, the, uh, the outside general counsel who shows up and, or the general counsel that shows up and says, this is our number. We're never getting off this number. That's the way it is. I don't, I don't believe in process. Um, and and um, so establishing a rapport with that kind of person can be a very, very big challenge. Um, you know, there there is a, uh, a, a case that that I did a mass tort case where uh, the uh, insurance company hadn't taken a position on either coverage or, or uh, defense costs. And they they felt still that they they were going to be on any conference that I had with their uh, with their insured. Well, establishing a rapport with with those people and just saying, look, let let's just see how this goes. Let's see how the process goes. And and um, uh, before we start making up our minds on 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 a particular number, uh, let's at least listen. We're all here. 
Okay, um, and and I, I'm I'm getting the the impression that that's 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 kind of your approach too. Yeah, yeah, it is, and it's it's interesting talking about a rapport and how do you develop rapport with an insurance adjuster or an insure or a claims representative, and and somehow generally I can do that also, and, and I'm not talking about it in any phony way. I mean, I seem to. I'm genuinely interested in people and their hobbies and their grandchildren and all that stuff. And I, and I, and I, and I just go with that. This, this may sound disingenuous, but I believe at the end of most mediations, both sides think I'm on their side and I'm not, and I explained to them, I'm not on anybody's side. I don't have a, you know, a dog in in this fight and all that, but I think I get the impression they both think I'm on their side. And that I think is a good thing in terms of getting things settled. And that's why people keep calling you back as a mediator. I'd like to conclude with this question. What gives you the greatest satisfaction as a mediator? The greatest satisfaction as a mediator is settling cases. And what I mean by that, I mean, yesterday's was a good example, this thing that just wasn't going to settle. And then at the end of this, this full day of doing it, I mean, I felt good about it. I mean, I walked out of my office at home and said to my wife, hey, Got that one settled. Now, my wife can hear a lot of this stuff through the door when I leave the door open and all that. And she often comments that one did never seem like it was going to settle. But (laughs) it just feels good to me to have done that. And then I get some very, very nice responses from the lawyers. In fact, today on the ADR website, um, uh, Joanna Barron sent me a comment from the lawyer that one of the lawyers of yesterday. That was just wonderful. And that that makes me feel good uh, to, to get responses like that. I feel I've done a service. It's right. different than being a trial lawyer, which I was for a very long time. I mean, I think I'm doing some good what I'm doing. Right. Well, you're you're helping parties move forward uh, and and eliminate conflict, uh, at least one conflict in their life. Uh, Lord knows we have many opportunities in society today for conflict. Uh, and um, thank you very much. Uh, Mike, for for doing your part and more than your part uh, to eliminate conflict, to help parties move forward and uh, to uh, to settle cases. So, um, look, uh, as we as we wrap up, um, I I really appreciate the conversation. Uh, Mike, uh, how is uh, the how can parties people who want to use your services best uh, best do so uh best do so by contacting my case managers at, at adr services um there's a team of them and it's this it's the orange county office but they can call into adr services and uh if they if they're interested in having me mediate a case or otherwise get involved they they can speak uh, just mention my name and they'll they'll get a, get uh get you to the right people. And and thank you very much for doing this podcast. I did in preparation for this. I did listen to several of them and I think it's an excellent, excellent series you've got going here. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you. That's very kind of you. I appreciate it. And, and uh, I want to thank uh, Daryl, Daryl Wayne, uh, my engineer, and I'm Len Levy. Uh, This is Masters of Dispute Resolution on podclips.io powered by Infogen Labs, Inc. And, um, Until we meet again, uh, stay well, keep listening, and remember, peace of mind is enhanced when conflicts are resolved. If you wish to contact Len Levy, you can reach him through his email at lslevy at adrservices.com 
through Len's website, lenlevymediate.com. Telephone him at 818-903-5562 or contact his case manager at ADR Services, 213-683-1600.